everyone. This is Mark, who you may know as Koto and Brandon from the Emergency Power Podcast. This episode is going to be a little different from our usual batch of things you release on this feed. I wanted to try something new with this character, so this side story featuring Koto is a scripted episode with no dice rolls. Let us know what you think of this little detour from our formula. It was a joy to write, and I would love to do more of these in the future. Before we get started, I wanted to give a huge thank you to Adam, Leslie Kay, and my wonderful wife for helping me write, edit, and voice this project. Now, let's get started. The conflict now on a momentary hiatus, Koto looks to her crewmates. Having let them know she plans on going into training alone, she says her goodbyes and turns back to Mr. Business. Now, you said something about having the same multiverse hopping abilities that I have? Indeed, there are marked similarities, but let us speak in a more private venue. Mr. Business leads Kodo out of the room housing the rest of her crew. She takes one look back at her found family as she is led deep into a corridor of the facility. After a few minutes of walking, Mr. Business abruptly stops in the hallway and turns around to face Koto. If you're willing to adhere to my every instruction, I believe I may be able to help you focus your power or at least not remain victim of them. Koto winces as the word victim leaves his mouth. She shoots him an angry look and speaks up defiantly. I won't be a victim to anyone ever again. Not to myself and definitely not the Cylan. And if putting up with you is what I have to do to get assurance of that, then so be it. Then a deal is struck. As she looks away in irritation, a pain strikes across Koto, a horribly familiar feeling that she has come to dread. Her eyes darted to Mr. Business. He stands like a monolith, gently straightening his tie as his head tilts to the side, eyes still locked on Koto. In that moment, Mr. Business has initiated a shift between universes. Wait, wait, we don't know where this might- Before she can finish, Koto is pulled apart in a million pieces and reformed back again. She is no longer standing in an empty hallway. Koto and Mr. Business now stand in the middle of a battlefield. As energy weapons fire above and around them, the air is filled with the sounds of weapons clashing and enemies screaming. Koto falls to her knees and begins gasping for air. <gasps> oh, so hungry. Oh, it's never been this bad before. Where's, where's my bag? Koto reaches for her bag and pulls out an R2E, a prepackaged meal that is famous in the packed worlds for providing a full day's worth of nutrition in a simple-to-eat serving. As she begins unwrapping her sustenance, it rapidly shifts into sand and tumbles away. She stares angrily at Mr. Business, who is clearly the culprit of the trick. What are you doing? I need to get some energy in me or I'm gonna die! This is far worse than I had anticipated. 
your body is still supplying the energy need to reassemble itself upon arrival. To you, your abilities are an unknown force, aren't they? No, I'm gaining control bit by bit. Now give me something to eat before I get blasted on a planet I know nothing about. I can only offer you this. Keep it close. Mr. Business slides his hand into the inner pocket of his jacket and returns empty. As they open their hand, a small crystal begins to form. It is a tiny violet octahedron that glows with a faint white light on the inside as it hovers in his palm. He extends his arm out to Koto and the gem begins to float in her direction. As soon as the crystal comes in contact with Koto, the violet light fades, leaving the gem pitch black. Lesson number one, survive. I will be awaiting your arrival in that building over there. I can't eat this. How is a rock supposed to help me? Mr. Business gestures his head to a barely visible structure on the horizon. It seems to be just beyond the base of one of the warring factions. It proved to me that you were indeed worthy of these gifts. If you can do that, your training will begin in earnest. And for the moment, I will be retaining these. With a wave of Mr. Business' hand, Koto's bag of supplies from her back, along with all of the weapons she had on her, turned to smoke. Too weak from hunger to struggle against this thievery, Koto can only watch as she is left with just the armor on her back. Damn you! I swear I'll pay you back for this! I expect no less. Mr. Business calmly begins walking in the opposite direction unfazed by the gunfire erupting on all sides before disappearing entirely in the blink of an eye a moment later. Okay, okay, stranded in a war zone, barely enough energy to stand, let alone defend myself, and the only safe haven requires me to go through a literal army. Think, Koto, think. As she looks around to see if there are any supplies for her to use, an explosion goes off near her position. The body of a fallen soldier lands about 10 meters from her location. She begins moving towards it with the hopes of looting any equipment on it for her own use. Sorry, buddy, but I'm going to need this more than you do. What the? Koto instantly recognizes the insignia of the Cylon Empire on the soldier's red and gold uniform. Moreover, she is shocked to see that the warrior is still alive. He grabs her arm as she begins searching his body for supplies. Get your hands off me, you pathetic... <coughs> General, what? how are you here? He coughs again, his blood streams from his mouth. You're supposed to be overseeing the campaign on Outpost Omicron. Uh, yeah, that was a cover. You can never be too careful with sensitive intel. The enemy has spies everywhere. A brief look of suspicion passes over the soldier's face but it quickly vanishes as he begins coughing up blood in earnest. When the fit subsides, the wounded Cylan soldier affects a determined look of servitude in his final moments. I'm proud to fight for the cause, ma'am. For the Cylan Empire. 
In the countless times Yoshitada has fought against the Sailan, she has never looked her enemies in the eye long enough to make a connection. While Koto had sent many Sailan soldiers to their graves, this was the first time she sat with one as they moved to the next plane of existence. Doing her best to keep false composure on her face, she replies to him in his final moments. You've done your duty, soldier. The Empire thanks you for your service. Glory to you, General Yoshitada. Glory to the most ordained. As the light fades from the fallen warrior's eyes, Koto's bluff completely sinks away, and a look of horror now appears on her face. In all her travels through the multiverse, she had never been aware of the existence of one of her doppelgangers. Yet in this foreign plane and over the body of a foe, Koto has discovered that one does indeed exist, and she is working for Koto's most hated enemy. Okay, seriously, this is definitely the worst universe of them all. I need to move and get that suit-wearing weirdo to take me back to the crew. Screw this training! Koto ruffles through the belongings of the slain Silan soldier, making sure to take his combat knife, energy pistol, and a few bites of the combat rations from the bottom of his pack. Armed with some energy and weapons, Koto begins making her way towards her goal. Hmm, too risky to take to the air in this situation. I'd stick out like a sore thumb. Guess I'm taking the road. Freeze, Silan! Being stealthy was never one of Koto's strong suits, and now it could cost her her life. Armed with a heavy laser cannon pointed straight at her, Koto turns around and comes face to face with a soldier from the resistance. The soldier's jaw nearly hits the ground as he recognizes his prisoner immediately, quickly tapping a pin on his vest to activate a communications device. Red Six to base! You're not gonna believe this! The General is here! I got her dead to rights! Permission to eliminate! Negative, Red Six. Enemy is too powerful and valuable. Hold your position and wait for backup. We need her alive. Damn it! Hold on! I'm not who you think I am! Uh-uh, not another word, Yoshitada. Your smooth-talking mystical mojo ain't gonna work on me. Not after what I saw you do to my platoon back on Versus. I'm not your General Yoshitada. My name is Koto. We're on the same side. I hate the Silent. I would never join up with them. Uh-huh. And I suppose you just happen to find that Silent sidearm just lying around? Yes! You lying sack of fuck orders and fuck you. You don't deserve to live your days out in a cell. The resistance soldier levels their cannon at Koto's head. This one's for Marlin. The soldier's energy weapon begins charging up. Koto, now with no choice left but to defend herself, summons her energy lash. The bright light and sudden appearance of the weapon spooks the soldier just enough for Koto to throw the whip towards his foot. With all the strength she can muster, she pulls back on her lash, causing the soldier to fall flat on his back, sending a bolt of energy into the air. Red Six, do you copy? Red Six! Damn it. Sorry, Red. I don't have the time to try to convince you. Good luck out there. Koto charges off towards her destination in the distance. It's not long before she sees more resistance soldiers charging towards her with their blasters raised. As a barrage of energy blasts fly in her direction, Koto begins conjuring a spell with the energy drawn forth from the forest dimension. One of the charging soldiers looks down to find that the weapon has jammed as it erupts with thorny vines that burst out over a 10-meter radius, wrapping the nearby soldiers in the brush as well. Koto takes a plasma bolt to the shoulder and staggers before falling to the ground. 
With their prey wounded, soldiers from the opposite direction begin closing on Koto's position. <sighs> Damn it. There's too many of them. I need to find a way to elude them. Through the pain, Koto focuses her mystical energy inward. And suddenly, four illusory copies of herself surround the real body. The doubles look real enough to her pursuers, who continue their barrage of blasts against Koto. One by one, the copies are hit and vanish until only Koto remains. But her ruse has brought her enough time to conjure one more spell. Throwing her hands in the air, her wings bathe in rainbow energy as the feathers quickly shift into old serrated circuit boards. Swinging her wings towards her pursuers, she unleashes a hail of spikes. One soldier is pierced through the chest and falls to the ground, while some dive for cover. From the ground, one warrior manages to fire a more well-known ground that hits Koto square in the chest plate. It takes all of her strength and willpower to continue standing. I can't take much more of this. I'm sorry, everyone. I can't afford to hold back anymore. Time seems to slow for Koto as her mind opens and begins searching the multiverse for her prize. In the span of a second, she has searched dozens of alternate realities and finds what she's looking for. Draining a substantial amount of her power, Koto opens a tiny tear in the fabric of reality as a small bead of energy shoots out towards her attackers. Too small for the soldiers to notice, they are caught off guard as the bead explodes in a massive fiery blast. It instantly incinerates a majority of the group attacking her. Those who survive scream out in agony as their bodies have become severely burned. Others who are lucky enough to avoid the blast stare at their charred comrades in horror before running in fear. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I just, I can't die here. I have my own silent empire to contend with. Now where, where is that building? After what seems like hours, Koto finally makes her way to the rendezvous point Mr. Business had set for them. Before going inside, she can't help but turn to see the outcome of the battle. It becomes clear that her barrages on the rebel forces had been so detrimental that the Silan are able to claim victory over the resistance. As this realization dawns, Koto covers her mouth with her hand and chokes back emotion. Dear gods. What have I done? If it weren't for me, it may have had a fighting chance. Maybe it is futile to resist the Silent. Maybe I am fated to become General Yoshitada after all. As Koto falls to her knees and tears begin to flow freely, a hand alights on her shoulder. You have done what was necessary in order to achieve a greater perspective. You used your multiverse gifts to achieve your goals. If you can continue to hone these abilities, you may find that if used at the proper moment, they could tip the scales against the Cylan. Shut the hell up! Koto quickly stands and turns around, throwing a right hook in the direction of Mr. Business only to be met with air. Your emotions hold sway over you and your abilities. So much wasted energy, so much pent-up frustration. 
There is no mystery as to why your body continues to reject your powers. You must learn to calm your spirits, train your body, and expand your mind before you can truly be capable of wielding even a fraction of the power you possess. And how the hell am I supposed to calm my spirits knowing that somewhere out there there is a version of me that gave in to the Silent? How can I expand my mind if I just help my sworn enemies expand their empire across the multiverse? You can't help me. No one can help me. And I sure as hell can't help anyone. Koto puts a hand to her face, an expression of defeat and apathy plastered upon it. Mr. Business steps closer once more with his own look of disappointment. Perhaps I was mistaken. You may not be as unique as I had hoped. All of the power you need to get back to your comrades or to face the Cylan is within your grasp. Yet you squander it for the sake of wallowing in self-pity. Time grows short, Miss Yushitada, and I can spare the time on someone who's already surrendered. Should you make your way back to the dimension from whence we embarked, my offer will still stand, but I will not hold my breath. Mr. Business shifts before Koto's eyes, leaping dimensions with a practiced ease. Koto remains motionless for a few minutes in a mix of depression, grief, and shame. Several slow moments pass before another shift takes place behind her, and footsteps hit the ground. Let me guess. This is all just a test, right? And I failed miserably. And now you're here to take me back so I die in that universe instead? Gods, am I truly capable of being this pathetic? A chill runs up Koto's spine to the base of her skull. The voice is familiar yet strange, like hearing a recording of your own voice, but here there's something more. An emotionless, bloodthirsty tone that would make the most ruthless killer tremble. What's wrong, Yoshitata? Afraid to look upon the destiny you rejected? I cannot believe such a pathetic excuse for a soldier has caused me so much trouble. Koto turns to see something she never knew she could fear so much. Before her stands another version of Koto Yoshitata. A completely cybernetic right wing stretches wide with a matching modification on her left eye. From head to toe, this confident and terrifying woman is resplendent in the crimson and gold colors of the decorated Cylan General. Perhaps the most striking difference between the two is the constant belittling smirk that the alternate Koto wears on her face. It's not that she's just confident that she's superior to you, it's that she knows it as a fact. Well, if nothing else, you seem to have some sense of fashion. I suppose we do have that one thing in common. Uh, are you part of the rebellion? Did you really think you could crush me? Wait, 
Don't tell me. <laughs> you had no idea I existed until just now, did you? Koto remains silent, but her facial expression of confusion says more than words ever could. Really? Wow, this is too much. So you really have no idea about your powers. No explanation as to why you keep slipping between realities. Just spit it out already! <laughs> Pathetic. Clueless, but still capable of giving an order. I'm glad to see we have something besides fashion in common. I'm nothing like you. I don't work with conquerors. I don't enforce my will on others. I am not- You're not what? Powerful? Capable? Respected? Oh, ordained. <laughs> You really think you can change the world on charm and goodwill alone, do you? Spare me. Koto wrenches out the knife she pulled from the fallen soldier and rushes towards her grinning counterpart. Moving almost like she suspected it, the altar Koto moves slightly to the right, foot out. Koto trips over the boot and falls on the ground, the knife sliding away. Why are you even bothering? I know all of your moves. You see, Koto, I've been watching you, studying you, for quite some time. Liar! We are many things, but liar is not one of them. You see, Koto, you and I, we are truly unique across the multiverse. Most people have endless doppelgangers across realities. They may come in different shapes and sizes, but they are, in essence, all the same person. Shifters like us, we have but one counterpart. Our powers are intrinsically linked to one another. The stronger you are, the stronger I am. Haven't you ever wondered why you were able to amass such great abilities without any kind of formal training? Koto remains silent as she lay on the floor. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> but you see, Koto, we're not alternate sides of a coin. We're more like magnets. Magnets with similar poles. Koto begins picking herself up off the floor and stands before her counterpart. That's not true. It, it can't... This gave me a little idea. If our powers are indeed linked, what would happen if I were to take your powers for myself? Would my abilities be doubled? Or would it be greater than the sum of its parts? The mind boggles at the possibilities of what I could accomplish. The changes I could make to the multiverse with that much power under my command. <laughs> well, if you're such a badass, then why haven't you gone through with it yet? <sighs> what happens when two magnets with the same poles are pushed together? They repel. Wait a minute. Koto's face sinks as she begins putting the pieces together. Exactly! Every time I've gotten close to you, 
the universe tries to correct the abnormality and shifts you somewhere else. I've been hunting you for years, chasing and pursuing you across the multiverse. And as soon as I finally get close enough to go in for the kill, you are taken from me. <laughs> but now here you are, delivered to me on a silver platter, as if an act of providence. The more sinister version of Koto draws her weapon. A flattened blade of radicalized molecules forms from an empty hilt. It hums with a restrained power as a look of bloodlust fills her eyes. Wait, if that's all true, then why haven't I been shunted from this universe? A question for another time. At long last, my hunt ends here and now. The general lunges towards her prey, slashing the annihilating blade in Koto's direction. At the last second, Arkoto dodges a fatal blow, but the blade eats through her armor, tearing a gash just above her left elbow. Blood pours from the wound as Koto screams in agony. Oh, so you do have some fight in you. Let's do this properly. Show me what I stand to inherit. Pick yourself up and provide me a proper challenge. Koto regains her composure and summons forth her energy lash. The two Kotos lock into fighting poses for one charged moment before rushing towards each other. As the Dark General slashes at her enemy, Koto deflects the sword swings with her rainbow whip. After a brief close combat encounter, both flare out their wings and take to the air. Like a violent dance, both Strix smash in and out of windows, weapons clashing as they rise towards the roof. As the dueling doppelgangers reach the skies, they switch to hurling devastating spells at each other. An aurora of technicolor energy fills the night sky. As the battle rages on, it seems to confirm what General Yoshitata explained earlier. Their powers were indeed on a level playing field. Enough! General Yoshitata raises her cybernetic wing and hurls razor-sharp feathers towards Koto. Having a similar ability, Koto deftly dodges and weaves between each of the blades thrown her way, arriving unscathed on the other side of the barrage. Is that all you got? The general smirks as her cybernetic eye glows red. Behind Koto, the blades whirl in midair and begin flying back the way they came. Caught by surprise, the shards strike Koto from behind and embed themselves deep into her back. She plummets out of the air to the roof below and is greeted with a loud slam on her arrival. Her opponent slowly descends on regal wings, cackling with satisfaction. <laughs> Our magical abilities might be even, <laughs> but those aren't the only tools in our toolbox, are they? And fortunately, I don't need you alive to extract your powers. The vicious Koto grabs her counterpart by the mohawk and pulls her up to her eye level. The atomic blade hums near Koto's neck. Any last words? <coughs> How's this for Speak up. You might be a pale, pathetic version of me, but I can't stand to see a Yoshitata die quietly. 
I said. How's this for a toolbox? Koto's eyes glow a pale blue as she activates the dragon gland in her throat. Frigid, freezing air blasts from Koto's mouth like a sandblaster, pummeling her opponent's face at point-blank range. The grip on Koto is released as the general falls back, clutching her face in pain. All my life, I thought the universe was playing a cruel joke on me, tossing me like a ragdoll from universe to universe on what seemed to be the whims of a cruel god. But it wasn't some god or the universe ruining my life. It was some twisted, messed up version of me that had sold her soul for a bit of power. True power is earned, like the kind I earned as you forced me to adapt to hop across dimensions over my whole life. Koto concentrates as her body begins flickering like static on a television. The stricken general pulls herself up and hurls an energy ray at Koto, which seems to pass right through her flickering body. The hunter looks surprised as she reaches for her molecular saber on the ground. No, you don't! Koto draws forth her energy lash again and whips the blade off the roof. The general turns around and sneers at her altruistic counterpart. What? You don't have one of these? Then I bet you can't do this either! Koto's flickering stops as she concentrates once more. She focuses all of the multiversal energy she can muster on her body as she grows in size until she's twice the woman as her opponent. The general stares wide-mouthed up in disbelief. What, what trickery is this? The inverse Koto draws an energy pistol from her hip and unleashes a hail of plasma at her enemy, which seems to do little damage. She then spreads her wings to fly away, but Koto's oversized energy lash wraps around her like a constrictor. Koto heaves and draws the general into her massive fist before beginning to squeeze. The evil Koto cries out in pain and frustration as it seems their roles have now been reversed. Let go of me, unbeliever! I can't hold this form for long, but I won't need to. Koto raises her giant foot and stomps heavily on the roof they're standing on. It buckles under the tremendous force before fully collapsing. Koto shifts her opponent down and slams her feet on top like a cushion, her extra weight causing her to be crushed over and over again as they plummet through the floor of every level in the building. The stricken hunter shrieks in agony and is silenced by the booming crash of Koto's weight crushing her beneath her huge boot. On the ground floor, the clouds of dust slowly dissipate and Koto returns to her normal size. She stands triumphant, but utterly exhausted, one foot still on her felled counterpart. The wicked Koto lies beaten on the ground, her cybernetic wings and eye crushed from the impact, and her body obviously broken. If not for the coughing up of blood, Koto would have assumed she was dead. It seems we're both tougher than we thought. Do you really think this is over? This is nothing but setback. Now that I'm aware of your capabilities, harvesting your power will be all the sweeter. Koto takes her turn to smirk. I'm ready for a rematch whenever you are, but it looks like that won't be for a while. It's at that moment that both Kotos feel a strong, multiversal pulse emanating from Koto's pocket. She reaches in and pulls out the gem given to her by Mr. Business. 
It now glows with a deep navy blue aura and a faint white light on the inside. Koto is confused as she looks at it. Well, I guess this thing will work for me now. And an anchoring crystal. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's why we were able to inhabit the same universe at once. Anchoring? Wait, does that mean that it'll hold something on that plane indefinitely? Koto then snaps to attention as she now knows what to do with the anchoring crystal. She looks at her broken counterpart on the ground and begins leaning over her, concentrating her energy into the crystal. Wait, what are you? Stop! Keep this universe warm for me, will ya? Seems like you're gonna be here for a while. The crystal's power and effects are directed to the Koto of this universe, who can do nothing to resist them in her current state. For a brief second, runes appear over the evil Koto. You will live to regret this. You are nothing but prey. You exist only to be hunted. Like I said, I'll be ready for you next time. With the target of the anchoring crystal focused on someone else, Koto feels a strong pull as she's dragged to another universe. Upon arrival, she feels a little better than she normally does after a shift. Hmm, no hunger. So, it seems that you are not devoid of potential after all. Enough for me to work with at any rate. You'll forgive my minor deception about witch warpers having no universal duplicates. While this is largely true, your case provided a unique learning opportunity. Koto turns around and sees that she's in an ornate room with a skylight filling the entire ceiling. As she looks up, the view is that of the diaspora, the asteroid belt of the Pact World system. In the far distance of space, explosions and lasers denote a large-scale ship battle taking place. Wait, weren't we on Akaton when we left? In time, you will learn shifting locations is no different than shifting planes. That is, if you survive what comes next. So did you set all this up to show me what would happen if I gave in to the Cylan? Much to Koto's chagrin, Mr. Business produces a wry smile. You have much more to learn, and we have precious little time to bring you up to speed. But if you are willing to abide by the terms of our agreement, I will hold up my end. Do try to steal yourself, for the true test lies ahead. You may have healed your spirit, but now you must hone your body and mind. Are you prepared? Koto looks down at her open hand and conjures multiversal energy much easier than it has been for her before. She dismisses it by clenching her fist and showing a cocky smirk to Mr. Business. Bring it on. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by... 
Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.